We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening. You're worthy, God. This is so good. His goodness has been running after you. His goodness was running after me. God is good, y'all. He's got good stuff for us. He's got good for you. Even if it doesn't feel good, he's got good for you. And he's called you here this morning and you showed up. And I'm so glad you showed up. I'm so glad you come. I hope you experience the goodness of God this morning. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, You can be seated. You could have chosen to be anywhere else. Uh, But you're here with us, and we could not be more honored. And we're so honored that you will come every week and join in uh, with us. It's so awesome to have you here. Um, I'm going to pray over us as we go into hearing our second week in our Dwell series. I love this series. It's super cool. Um, So would you pray with me real quick? Father, I thank you that you hear me when I call. I thank you that you dwell with me and that I can come to you. I come to you now for our church, for Hope Church. God, I pray that you would use this word to renew me first. I thank you for what you've done in me through this word as I prepared it. And I pray, God, that you would use it mighty, 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 mighty ways for our people here who hear it and for those who hear us on our podcast. I thank you so much. Uh, for what you're doing. You're so good and you're so faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, my husband and I moved um, to Seaford from Millsboro to a house about, uh, gosh, I guess 12 years ago now. And when we bought this house, it was a foreclosure um, and it needed a lot of work. (laughs) That's what we do. We like to fix things up, I guess. Um, I don't want to do it again, just for clarification. Um, however, the person who owned this house was a landscaper. So there were tons of like mounds of plants and grasses and flowers and all kinds of stuff. Um, but there weren't a lot of trees and our house gets beamed by the sun. And, um, so Alfie and I set out to plant some trees. So the first thing we did, we bought two maples. Cool, maples, we're going to plant them. We planted these two maples in our backyard. um, And it came real clear at about the six-month mark that one of them was doing really, really well where it was planted. And the other one, y'all, it was not going to make it. She was rough. And it died. Died. So then Alfie, for a gift for me, got some Leland cypresses so we can get a privacy on the back lot of of our property. So, <laughs> bless him, he got me Leland Cypresses. He's, a, he's also a landscaper. We have a construction business, and so he was able to get me these trees. Um, he plants them for me. And uh, don't you know, I was trying to cut the grass. And your girl, that's not her gifting, okay? We're going to talk about gifting and growth track today. That was not, that's not my gifting. And I accidentally ran over one of the baby trees, and she died. So um, that was number two. And and then, not much further after that, I've been trying to grow figs 
because it's biblical, right? Figs is in the Bible. I'm like, cool, I'm going to grow some figs. I like figs. I'm going to eat figs. I make fig newtons. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just thinking it's cool. And I found these fig trees. So I put them in pots, and they've been growing for about two years. And I'm like, you know what? It's time. I'm going to put these in the ground, and they're going to grow, and my kids are going to eat figs in seven years, right? Or whatever. (laughs) So I prepare this plot of ground on the back of our lot, And I plant these two fig trees. And one of them was kind of looking rough. Don't you know that I forgot to tell our 13-year-old son that I planted these trees. And I also forgot to mark them. So he ran over one with the lawnmower. (laughs) And uh, it's going to make it. But the other one uh, did did not make it. And I realized something. Where you plant your trees matters. It matters a whole, whole lot. And that goes for us, too. Where we plant ourselves really, really, really matters. So this morning, I'm going to be talking to you about where you're planted. Where you're planted. Um, I want to tell you a little bit story about myself. Um, so this is the part where I get real and tell you how I've messed up in my life. Everybody say amen if you've messed up in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, in my late 20s, after a horribly unhealthy church experience, I had decided that I was kind of done with church, believe it or not. I had an amazing connection with the Lord, uh, but it was not working after this church experience, and I kind of felt bitter and angry. So I found and reconnected with some friends that I had before I said yes to Jesus. These were my party friends, y'all my party friends. And they, I thought to myself, well, surely now, six years later, we're all adults, and I can do, you know, I can go and do, be friends with these people. It's not a problem, really. It's fine. And I thought, man, I needed friends in my life. I didn't attend church. Um, I was burnt and burnt out. Um, and, and the friends I had began to renew some unhealthy habits that I had been freed from. And I suddenly found myself going with them on the weekends. And then suddenly I was standing in the bars with them on the weekends. And I would invite intention that I would never would have entertained before. And eventually, I became the mistress of mayhem and began to throw parties myself. And I was always looking for the bigger and the better and the next rush. All the while, numbing myself to what was going on in my life. Until one day, I came to myself and I realized that I was completely unhappy. I had no joy. And I missed what I had had with God. It wasn't working for me. As a matter of fact, I was pretty miserable. And it happened little by little, guys. It happened over a period of four years. And in a period of four years, I nearly ruined my life. I nearly lost my husband. I had a son that I would just not take care of. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now. Uh, maybe you're in that life and, and you are feeling this sense of longing for real friendships. 
to be with real people who really actually care about your good and not just their agenda for you. Maybe for you, you don't feel like you ever fit in with any group. Golly day. I would still be in that bar and still feel like I didn't fit in. The truth of the matter is I didn't. I didn't. I shouldn't have been there. Maybe you lack friends or you lack a life-giving community where you have people that you can connect with that are going to fight for you and not with you. Or maybe for you today, you lack a spiritual connection where you actually do feel joy and you do feel peace and you do feel life. Maybe for you, you don't have a connection with God and nobody has ever even told you that you could have a connection with God. Maybe you have never known God in like a real and personal way and had him communicate with you and you communicate with him. Maybe you've had a connection with God in the past, but you've drifted away because that sometimes happens. I can raise my hand and say that happens. Maybe You felt him at one point, but you just can't even sense his presence anymore. Maybe the weight of what's happened in your life or trauma has really just crushed you and you can't feel him anymore. Wherever you are today, we're going to unpack three simple steps, uh, simple verses that will give you what you need to find a better life, to find connectedness with people and with God like you've never had before. Um, Now listen, if you're a note taker, this is your time to shine, baby. Whip out your phone and get ready because we're going to go through some verses because I want you to not just survive. I don't want you to just survive. I want you to be like my little fig tree that got run over by the lawnmower and is still thriving. (laughs) It's still growing. I want you to grow and grow in God's goodness. So we're going to look at Psalm 1 today. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. The first thing I want you to write down today is to thrive in your life, you're going to need to plant yourself with God people. Plant yourself with God people. That's step one. The verse said, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way sinners take or sit in the company of the mockers. Now, my friend, Kyle, is going to come up and help me this morning. Um, y'all give it up for, for Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, we've hung out for a long time. We've known each other since, what, high school maybe? Uh, yeah. High school. High school here. High school. So the, the passage says, when, when was it? Not that long ago. <laughs> Not that long. Yeah, yesterday, totally. So when we walk with sinners, it kind of starts little, right? And we kind of start with a party, right? Cheers. Cheers. We got our sin and juice laid back. Do y'all get that Snoop Dogg reference right there? Okay. (laughs) And we'd be sipping on some sin and juice. And that's how it starts. That's how it starts. When you walk with the wicked, it kind of starts and it's fun. Cheers. This is fun. We're having a party and we're having a good time and we're just walking. And, And Kyle has freedom to walk in and out of this life. I had freedom 
to walk in and out. I was just cool. I could just do it on the weekends and I come back on Monday and everything be good. Didn't matter how wrecked I got on the weekends. It was fine. I just went to work. A little hungover is fine, right? Because I didn't feel it because I was numbing myself little by little. So we walk in sin and we're walking with the wicked until finally we're stuck and we're standing. The verse says that you're standing in the way with sinners. So now Kyle can't move. He's standing and he's stuck. And y'all know what happens next, right? Um, You can't get away from these people that you've let into your life. They texting you at 2 a.m., They're trying to ask you to go out. They want to see what you're doing, where you at. Then this inappropriate pop-ups on your computer and bad DMs. You know what I'm talking about. It's a problem. But you're stuck. And all of a sudden, you can't remember what God said to you because you've been drowning it out little by little by little. You can't hear his voice anymore because the enemy has taken his word right out of your heart, right out of your mind, right out of your spirit. And you're stuck standing in the way with sinners. Until finally, you just plop down in it. And you're stuck sitting in it. Now you've planted yourself. And suddenly you become the problem. Suddenly you're taken the way uh, and your sin has left you godless. And now you're making fun of other people. Oh, look at them holy rollers going to church on Sunday. Why y'all up in there? You know you ain't right. You know you ain't right. Because God isn't real anyway. God isn't real anyway. Right? I'm going to sip on my, my sin and juice. Lay back. And then you're stuck because you planted yourself with the wrong people. And it starts little by little walking until you're standing, and then you're sitting, and you're stuck. I don't want my sin and juice anymore. You can have that mess. Thank you, Kyle. Give it up for Kyle. You're stuck. You're stuck. And you're stuck leading people away from God because you've left them a long time ago. And three things I want you to remember this morning, if you're taking notes, write it down. The first thing is not all good people are God people. I tell this to my kids all the time because my kids will tell me, oh, but they're a real good person. They're a good person. I said, all good people ain't God people, baby. All good people aren't God people. They might be doing good works. They might be doing good things. They might be a fine, upstanding citizen, but they don't know God. They don't know God, and they're walking around sipping sin here and there. Not all Good people are God people. You see, you can walk in wickedness in this world, and everyone out there will call you a saint. Oh, they good peoples. They good. Why? Because they're judging you by their standards. And as long as you're doing what they want you to do, then you're good. The minute you start doing what they don't want you to do, or you start doing living right, oh, well, then you just, you fake. You're so fake. You're so fake. Right? And sinful people can still do good things. It's true, is it not? It's true. Jesus made this distinction. He said, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children. Jesus said that. Y'all can look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm serious. 
sinful people can do good things, but remember, all of us still have that moral code in us. You remember we talked about this? All of us have an innate moral code coded into our DNA by God. We know the stealing the cookie is wrong. We know what's wrong and right. We know what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. But not all good people are God people. Not everybody has your best because not everybody has the spirit of God. And if you begin to hang out with and spend time with people who are not filled with the Spirit of God, I can guarantee you that they're going to take you right out of where you're supposed to be. Why? Because it happened to me. And you might not think it, but it happens. I am not saying that you need to only surround yourself with uh, good Christian people, but I am saying remember who you let into your inner circle. If you listen to uh, the sermon from I'm Still Not Okay, we talked about who you let in, who's your three people that you can let in. You only let God people in to that close proximity to your life. The second point I want you to write down today is that God's goodness is distinct. God's goodness is different than the world's goodness. You see, God's goodness is pure. God doesn't have an agenda. He doesn't have a bad agenda. He can't. He's good. So you can trust his goodness because his love is the only agenda. His love and the goodness for you. He's selfless. It's not about him. It's about you. He wants what's best for you. He wants you to be in relationship with him so you can have goodness. Remember our so that statements from last week? So that. So that you can have a good long life. So that. I want you to keep these things so that I can bless you in a land flowing with milk and honey. So that you can reach the promises I have for you in the word. God's love is selfless. The third thing we're going to talk about this morning is that God's people are going to be marked by his goodness. God people reflect his goodness. Good people reflect the world's goodness. Does that make sense? They will bear fruit because they're planted in the right place. God people do God things. They love like God. They don't have an agenda for you. They want God's goodness for you. The problem is, is that if you're stuck sitting in sin, you will not be able to pick fruit. And you will not be able to produce fruit. You won't be able to get after the goodness of God if you're standing in the way of sinners. You're not going to be able to get there. And God wants that for you, and I want that for you. Instead, uh, you're going to get the enemy's fruit. And the, listen, the crazy thing is, is that you can't taste the difference between God's good fruit and the enemy's bad fruit if you keep sipping on sin and walking with wicked people. It'll all taste like garbage. And you won't be able to distinguish. And that's what the enemy did at the very start. Am I right? In Genesis, isn't that what the enemy did? He said, no, 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 all this fruit, it's okay. Go ahead, do it. So, here is what we need to do to thrive and move beyond a cycle of sin. And here is where we get the power to do that. This is my favorite part. Okay, that was the bad news. Everybody say bad news. Now we have the good news, okay? The good news is that today, you can write this down, you want to plant yourself in God's presence. 
Plant yourself in God's presence. The verse goes on to say, but, but, I like the word but in the Bible. I like big buts and I cannot lie. But biblical buts, okay? B-U-T's. Because when it says but in the Bible, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, but there's something better. So to delight means this. It means a high degree of pleasure or enjoyment, to take pleasure in. When you delight in God's word, when you're listening to the word and you're having it read over you with the Dwell app or you're reading in the Bible app, uh, you are beginning uh, to sit in stillness and calm. I don't know about you, but when I listen to the Dwell app and when I listen to the word of God and when I read it, I'm calm. And there's stillness and there's peace. And I find that I delight in it. And when I don't have that, I miss it. I was in a conversation with my spiritual director uh, this week, and I love her. She's amazing. Um, And yes, I go to a spiritual director. Why? Because I don't want to fall away from God. And she lets, speaks into my, she can say whatever to me. I've given her full permission to speak into my life and make sure that I'm okay spiritually. But she was uh, talking with me this week, and we had a great conversation and, and I was just telling her what we were talking about today. And I was like, Carol, I just, I just miss being with God. I, I just want a day. I told her, I just need a day where I can just not have no kids, no husband, nobody else, just me, quiet, and just Jesus. I just want that. And she's like, I can totally hear your voice that you want that. And she goes, okay, so when are you going to schedule that? And I was like, girl, ASAP, because it needs to happen. Because I can't come here and tell you the right things if I don't do them myself, if I don't go after God myself. But when I delight in God, there's a peace, and and it's a walk uh, in the garden in the cool of the day. That's what God wanted for Adam and Eve was a walk in the garden in the cool of the day with fig trees that were actually good shockingly, that didn't get run over by the lawnmower. It's whatever. Eden's was way better, apparently, okay? Um, And so um, it's interesting because when you have a conversation with God that is life-giving and you plant yourself in the presence of God, you begin to feel an inordinate connection to God and confusion and fearfulness begin to slip away. But when you walk in the way with sinners like Kyle and I were demonstrating, um, it's always busy, always busy, always going, always walking, always doing, always, uh, and your shoulders just kind of tense up and it's this, this race and this rat and you're always like, oh, under this pressure and stress. But when you delight in God's word and when you delight in the law of the Lord, there's peace. The second thing that verse says is to meditate. And that's what we're talking about today is meditation. We're going to sit here for a minute. But to meditate is to engage in thought or contemplation. Now listen, meditation is not this far off east concept, okay? It's actually a biblical concept. It's not anything to do with any other religion. Biblical meditation has less to do with reaching some magic nirvana. And it has more to do with listening and doing. Listening and doing. Meditative prayer is informed by two Hebrew words. Haggah and siach. 
And our English Bibles most often translate both of those words with the simple word meditate, but they carry with them um, a host of nuances. Uh, They mean literally to mutter or to whisper or to reflect or to rehearse or to muse over. That's a whole lot more than sitting going, um, like, um, what's up? Like, no, these are, are, are meditating and, and ruminating and repeating God's word. Because the emphasis uh, of these words is on silent reflection first of God's works. Um, God's works in nature. I remember, Psalm 143 says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. When we meditate on God's works, we remember that there was another in the fire. And we go, okay, when it hits the fan, I've got a friend. There was another in the fire. When we, when we think about what God has done in the past, the reason why it's important for us to know the scripture for ourselves and to know the history of the Israelite people is because we can say, okay, God, you held back the water for the Israelites. I'm pretty sure that you can handle the situation in my life. We rehearse the goodness of God. The second thing we do when we meditate in a biblical meditation is we meditate on God's word. David wrote this in Psalm 119, 15. He said, I meditate on your precepts. Precepts is just a word for like teachings. And I consider your ways. At other times, the 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 meditation can involve audible murmuring, especially when the object of our meditation is the Bible. I can tell you that there is power when I pray the scripture over my life. When I find a scripture and I pray it over my kids, when I know the word and I've meditated on it by myself during the week and a friend calls me and says, my, my life has just went crazy south. And I can pray with them and say, I know the word of God and I can pray, God is faithful. He is with you. He'll never leave you or forget about you. And there's power when I do that. Because the biblical stress of meditation is always on ethical change and character transformation and obedience to the word of the Lord. God doesn't want you to just read his word so that you can spout off a bunch of stuff and sound like a smart aleck. He wants you to read his word so that you can be transformed from the inside out. So that you can become new. So that you can have the goodness of God. So that you can experience freedom. Ken Bryson uh, is a philosopher from Nova Scotia. And he observes this about meditation, biblical meditation. He said, meditation moves through silence to dwell on a spirituality of words. Namely, the precepts, statutes, words, and commandments. So in the biblical witness, we have this dual nature of meditation, stillness, and action. I define Christian meditation in terms of hearing and obeying. This double emphasis on the one hand, we are called to silence and stillness and quieting. On the other hand, we're called to action, to right behavior, to obedience, to the will and the ways of God. Hearing and obeying, always hearing and obeying. Meditation takes practice. It really does. 
And it's a practice that I have had to put in my life because I like to be busy. Anybody else like to be busy? Anybody else like note-taking, list-making, got to check it off, want to go, go, go all the time? You can be addicted to that because it shuts out the voice of God. And it takes a discipline to sit, to be quiet. Meditation takes practice. So here's how you do it. Set time, real time, apart from the hustle of your life. Open your ears and your mind and your heart and listen. Listen. Do what you read. Do what it says. James said it this way. And I think he had a pretty good perspective because he was like Jesus' brother, half-brother. Pretty, pretty good guy. He said this way, he said, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and immediately forgets what he looks like. Reading the word and meditating on the word is only half of it. But the third thing we need to do Write this down. This is your third plant. Plant yourself in God's word. So you've planted yourself with God people, and you've planted yourself with God's presence, but you've got to plant yourself with God's word. Plant yourself in God's word. The verse goes on to say, and this is the best part, that person is like a tree planted in, uh, by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. God's word also carries with it God's presence. You can't unlink point two and point three, okay? You can't unlink the presence of God and the word of God because they go together. The word of God and the presence of God live together. So when you memorize the word and dwell on it, you are planting yourself by the living water. Jesus in his, his most amazing conversation with the woman of the well, what I totally identify with, I love John 4. It's probably one of my favorite stories about Jesus and the woman at the well because so many times I can see myself in her. I also love the fact that he talked to her and everybody was like, oh, you can't be talking to a girl by yourself. And he was like, watch me, right? Um, and she, he totally changed her life, but this is what he told her. He said, if you knew the gifts of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, because he asked her for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. God's word will help you tap into a living water that wells up into eternal life. All within that book, all within that Bible, all within listening. God's word's going to help you in this and you will, this is the promise of God, you will be fruitful. You will bear fruit in season. That's the promise of this psalm. When you don't run with the wrong folks, when you plant yourself in God's word, when you plant yourself with his presence, you can be fruitful. Your life will literally reflect the goodness of God. And it's so fun. Can I tell you, I have so much more fun running this life than I did my last life. I have so much more fun doing this. 
It's so much more fulfilling. It's so much more exciting. And you know what? I know that I'm making an impact that is going to last forever. That's the excitement of being a part of the goodness of God and bearing fruit. And you know what God's fruit is? You can find it in Galatians 5.22. It's love. I love people that I don't like. Can I get an amen? I love people, and I'll be like, man, they get under my skin, but I love them so much, and I want them to prosper, and I want them to bear fruit. And I love the joy that comes with God's goodness. We have love, and we have joy, and then there's patience. Ooh, somebody. I need that. And I've gained so much patience in my life because I'm telling you, I would have snapped on people. And I don't anymore. And I listen and I'm patient with people more than I ever have been. My kids don't need to answer that. We're working on it. The fruit of God's spirit is kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Self-control. That is one of the key hallmarks of God is he is so controlled. And when you live with the fruit of God and you begin to produce the fruit of God, you will become self-controlled. And you won't say those things that you want to say. And you'll think more about somebody else than you do about yourself. And you'll be marked by his goodness. The second thing that you will be able to do when you plant yourself is that you will be able to keep green in between seasons. Now that's weird, right? But I'm talking about trees. So you won't always feel fruitful. And there might be a season in your life where you don't produce fruit and you don't feel like that the fruit of your life is coming. And um, I can tell you that there were times in my life where I didn't feel like I was getting much done. There was times when I was homeschooling my kids and, and and sitting in this spot and feeling like I was never going to get out of it. And I was just like doing mom stuff. And it didn't feel fruitful to me. But in that season, God kept me. See, the verse says that you'll bear fruit, but your leaves won't wither either. You are never going to experience winter with God. Winter is not coming when you're in Christ. Okay? Because God will keep you green in the in-between season. It, he will sustain you. He will keep you vibrant and healthy. He will prepare you for the next season of when you are going to be fruitful, when you are going to do some good stuff, when you are going to be producing fruit in keeping with righteousness. Like, that's so cool that he's going to sustain me even when I'm not, like, doing amazing things. Even when I'm doing uh, cleaning the toilet or um, helping my kid with their homework, God keeps me. Even when I don't feel fruitful, I'm still green and vibrant for the Lord. The third thing he, he does when you're planted with God is that he's going to help you to thrive and prosper. And this is not about money. I don't care what other pastors tell you. God does not want you to have a bazillion dollars and drive a Tesla, Okay. He wants your soul to prosper. He doesn't want you to have a bunch of stuff. Stuff is fun. Stuff is great. But stuff isn't going to help you 
achieve eternity with him. As a matter of fact, you're going to have to leave it all here anyway. Right? So he's not talking about financial prosperity. He's talking about your soul prospering. And yes, good things come with good living, with God living. Good things come. But here's what real living is. Real living is having relationships with people. And y'all show up at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning at a church. Half of us are in our jammies with our hair up. And we are carrying on laughing and making jokes and having a blast. Yes, it is fun. And we connect during the week and we celebrate wins together and we call each other with jokes. And several of us have the gift of memes. Okay? And we have a group and the memes are ridiculous. Real living is relationship with God people that will bring you joy and good fruit into your life. They will tell you when you are being ridiculous because they love you. They will tell you when you need to grow. They will tell you when you've won some victories and they will celebrate with you. God people will help you in your life. Real living is a relationship with the source of all good and God. Let me tell you, my relationship with God gives me so much joy and so much satisfaction. Like, I'm good. I know that whatever comes my way, and can I just be honest, I have lived through some crazy trauma, crazy stuff. We've lost, we've done, a, a, like, horrible, horrible accidents have happened. But the goodness of God and the peace of God stays with me no matter what. And I am not shaken because I know that I am planted by a stream of living water. It says that whatever you do will prosper. So here's what I want to take you away to this morning. This is what I want you to do with what you've just encountered through God's word. We want you to be blessed. I know that's a super churchy word, and I don't always use it, but we want you to be happy because that's what that word means. We want you to be happy. God wants you to be happy, but we want you to thrive. We want you to thrive here at Hope Church because we are God people. And I believe that with my whole entire soul. There are God people in this building. I know. I know they're God people because they have been doing life with me for years. They've been a part of this crazy train before this ever pulled into the high school station, okay? And they have been amazing. So this morning, you can change the direction of your life by changing where you are planted. You can uproot that thing and get it over to the right place, okay? So you're going to plant yourself with God people. I want you to attend church regularly. Yep, I said it. You're not going to encounter God people if you're not taking yourself where they are. Come here. Man, hang out. Chill with us. In January, we'll be starting groups where you will actually be able to connect with a small group of people doing things that you love to do in your life. But these are going to be God people who can help you with scripture and help you connect to God. The other thing I want you to do is get your kids into Hope Kids. Get your kids here every week. Why? Because your kids won't know where to be planted if you don't tell them. Guys, it is so important to teach your kids God's word. And we are more than happy to teach them Jesus on their level right here at Hope Kids. You'll find many, many things that will 
you'll be able to take home with you, connect to the Facebook page for Hope Kids. You'll be able to get um, things that you can talk about with your kids during the week. You'll get handouts and all kinds of connections so that you can help your kids know where they're planted. Please save your kids from crazy life, from walking with sinners. Come on, somebody. I don't want my kids to go through the stuff that I went through. So we teach them now. The third thing that you can do today is to attend Growth Track. So we want you to know God, and we want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose, and then we want you to use that purpose to make a difference. And that's exciting. I love Growth Track. And you can sign up for the next Growth Track Express today, right out here at Next Steps. You can sign up. We have another one coming up in November, and it's going to be amazing. I want you guys to plant yourself in God's presence. Delight in reading and listening to and meditating prayerfully on God's works and God's word. Um, here's a tip for you if you're like me and you have ADHD and you go to sit down and pray or read the Bible and you start like, oh my gosh, I got to flip the laundry. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's really easy. Get a notebook and just keep it right there and just write down. Like if something like that pops in your brain, write it down and then be done with it. It keeps me on task. It keeps me focusing and meditating on God's word. That's just a free tip for you if you struggle with ADHD a little bit like me, okay? Um, I want you to say yes to Jesus today. I want you to experience the good life. And let me tell you, this is the good life. This is the good life. So I want to ask you this morning, if you want to be set free, you can do it right now. And we can live a good life together. He wants you uh, to have a partnership with him. He wants you to step into a relationship with him uh, where you can give and receive. So if you would listen right now, I know that you would hear God tell you that he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. And I want to lead you in a prayer this morning so that you can take the chains off your life and have freedom, and have joy, and have fruit that is so good in your life. So if you guys would just kind of close your eyes and bow your heads for the sake of honoring those around you, and I just want to pray this prayer, and if you want to pray this prayer with me, and say yes to Jesus this morning, you can pray something like this in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud, and you don't even have to say it right now. If you want to pray it sometime later, that's cool too. I'm down. Pray with me. Father, I want a good life with you. Jesus, I don't really understand everything about the Bible or meditation, but I know that I want this. I'm saying yes to you, Jesus, today. I want to follow you. I want to grow. I say yes. That's all you got to say this morning. If you did that, I would love to be able to walk with you in your journey of knowing Jesus. Um, if you said yes to Jesus today, you can simply snap this QR code on the screen. Yes, I believe in taking your phones out. It's all good, baby. Or you can text, that's me, to 94,000. If that's you today, it's real easy. We're not going to hound you. You're just going to get a text from us. And if you ever want to not get texts from us, you can just say stop. And we will not do it anymore. We will not text you. But we just want to know that you said yes today. We want to journey with you. 
So if that's you today, maybe for you today, you resonated with my story and you were like, man, I used to have a connection with God. I used to be good with God, but now um, I'm not. I'm not living the way I know I'm supposed to, and I'm not following God, I'm not following Jesus, and i got some friends that are jacked up. If that's you and you want to reconnect today, you can say, I'm back, God, I'm back. Uh, would you pray with me? If you're going to say, I'm back, God, I want to come back to you today, would you just bow your head and, and close your eyes, and for the sake of just concentrating and meditating on Jesus right now, just say, God, I'm back I was messed up, and I've gone my own way, and I kind of drifted, and God, I've been drinking that sin and juice, and I'm sorry. I want to come back. I want to get back on track. I want to have the goodness of God in my life. Please, God, let me know that you hear me. Speak to my spirit right now. Guys, if that's you, and you just prayed with me, and you feel like you want to reconnect to God, I want to connect with you, too. Again, say I'm back. If you want to just type in I'm back to 94,000, or you can just snap the QR code on the screen, it'll do it for you. It's real simple. I'm back. I want you to get back to listening and hearing what God has for your life. So I want you to plant yourself in God's word. The best thing that you guys can do for yourself is to know God's word for yourself. Don't let anybody else tell you. You don't need no extra books outside of the Bible. You don't need any of that garbage. You just need God's word. Know what he said for yourself. Let it build God's character in you that results in God's fruit in your life. Guys, we've made it super easy for you to do that with the Dwell app. It's a way for you to meditate on God's word and to begin to get planted by the living water. It's super easy. You can literally snap that QR code and download the app for free. It's our gift to you. Um, and you can set that up. You'll be, uh, you'll be uh, asked to sign up. So you just give your basic information, download the app. I love this because in the app, there's this uh, mode called dwell mode. Um, it's in the bottom, second one from the left. Looks like a little brain, <laughs> which is great. So you you hit that, and you can literally repeat a passage or a playlist or a plan or a cue. So you can literally cue up what verses you want it to read over your life, or you can click a existing playlist and just have it read over you. It's the coolest thing ever. Really, it is. Um, so if you are not digital and you're not techie, man, please grab a Bible from our next steps. Um, we have amazing Bibles, NIV version, right out there for you. Um, we also have a reading plan. The app has a reading plan that's going to go right along with this sermon series. So you can follow along and listen and read along with all of the verses and all of the, the information that I'm giving you right there in the app. It's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. Um, go ahead and do that. So day six starts tomorrow. Day six starts tomorrow. If you got a little bookmark from Next Steps, make sure that you look at that. Day six is on there. So I am just so, so glad that you came here today. I hope that you found this message life-giving. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday, 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com 
That's hope, V-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.